Ben Fred Friday on Scoops with Danny Mac, Ben Fredrickson from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And away we go and a look at what's happened this week in the week of sports in St. Louis and also a look ahead as well to this weekend. Hey, Ben, good morning. Always great to visit with you. How are things going? Good morning, Dan. Good to be back with you and uh, excited about getting these rolling again. Doing well, man. Eager for a uh, what's going to be a, a busy weekend in St. Louis sports. You got all the teams in town other than the Blues who are now done, but you got Cardinals homestand continues. Some clouds over the, the ball club right now. They're struggling, but you've got City SC in town on Saturday and the uh, the Battle Hawks with the playoff spot on the line at the Dome on Sunday. So it should be a, a busy, busy weekend for St. Louis sports. Boy, this is what we always talked about when we were thinking about soccer coming and would uh, the XFL or would you have a USFL team come to St. Louis and you had the, the Blues in town or the Cardinals in town or maybe all four sports. But this is what we talked about, the fun that can be generated by sports in a town. And St. Louis is starting to experience that again. Yeah, it's been pretty cool to see, you know, the big question when when City was getting its team going and we heard the Battle Hawks were coming back. I heard it often. I'm sure you did too. Like, well, what's going to happen when all these teams play in St. Louis the same weekend? There's only so much, you know, entertainment dollar to go around and who's going to get disappointed with attendance? And we've seen nothing to suggest that St. Louis sports fans won't show up and support anything that cares about being in St. Louis and trying to put on a good show. Um, I mean, there's a million examples of it. Um, you know, people are just floored by the success that that city is having in terms of its atmosphere, its support, its attendance, its ticket sales for an expansion team. You know, all you have to do is look at the XFL attendance numbers to see that St. Louis is, is, uh, you know, beefing those up unlike any other team. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if 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 that thing trends toward forty thousand at a game, and then if they if they win both of their next games, they're going to secure a home playoff game, which you know there'd be forty thousand plus in the dome for that. Um, Cardinals had uh, one of the biggest opening day crowds in 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 team history, and I think they had a ninety five percent season ticket renewal rate. And the Blues, Dan, they've been out of it for a while now. I mean, we traded off their best players. And they were had like sellouts down the stretch. I think they had a sellout that the game they were eliminated from the postseason. They so did. Yeah, that's right. They're doing all right in terms of the St. Louis sports fans and the support. And yeah, there are more teams now, and everybody kind of gets to to pick and choose. But uh, as of right now, it's uh, looking like the, the St. Louis sports fans are stepping up. They just wish there were there was you know Blues postseason games to throw into that mix as well. I think the way to describe the Cardinals right now, they just aren't clicking. And that's the way I look at it. How about you? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I see a few things. Um, primarily, their starting pitching and their pitching in general hasn't been good enough. And you know how that goes when you don't have reliable performing starting pitching night in and night out. You kind of get that sense. It's like a. It's almost like a, a car without oil or not enough oil. It lurches. It stalls. It has other issues that pop up because of it. And now Thursday night, that wasn't the issue. Jordan Montgomery got the team's second quality start of the season. He's got both of them, but the the offense didn't come through. So it's not just the pitching. They've got some some concerning numbers to start the season with you know runners in scoring position offensively. So there's some things to to look at there, but they just haven't really got it going. And they kind of start slow. 
They tend to play from behind, which is not a, not an easy way to win. It's a stressful way to play. And then the other thing is that they're dropping all the first games of their series. You know, the season is really about stacking series wins, right? That's the that's the best thing you can do to put yourself in position to win a division is just stack up series wins. And it's much harder to do that, Dan, when you when you automatically lose the first game of every series. So kind of a slow starting team in a lot of ways, whether it's slow starting pitching, whether it's slow in first games of a series, whether it's Jordan Hicks not being able to get any of the first batters he faces out, they just they're kind of starting on the wrong foot in all different areas. And that's what I see. I'm not panicking. I think they're a bet much better team than what we've seen. But the longer that you say that, the more it's about a team that's not fulfilling its potential. So we'll see if they can kind of uh, iron it out. You hope that that comeback in Colorado was maybe a little bit of a turning point, but to come home and get blanked by the Pirates, it kind of uh, wiped that wiped that away a little bit. Yeah, definitely took the wind out of the sails. Um, I'm with you. You can't panic in in April or even in May. I think once you get the first two months under your belt, you have a pretty good idea of what kind of team you have. I will say this, though. The Cardinals' schedule in the first half is a gauntlet. It's very, very tough. And so, to me, they've got to keep their head above water, you know, play around that 500 mark, and then make the adjustments that you have to. Maybe it's somebody from the minor leagues. Maybe you have to make that trade uh, sooner rather than later. But if you hang around that 500, you know, five below, five above, you're okay, and I, I think that's the way I look at so far with the start of this season. Yeah, I mean, you and I talked about it this off season. Like the schedule starting was a punch in the face, and I don't feel like people gave that enough attention. We were talking about before they started losing games, like before they started playing games. Like, holy moly, they're going to go out of the World Baseball Classic altered spring training and straight into a dastardly start to the schedule one that puts them up against two of the best teams in baseball to start, ones that sends them on a goofy road trip to Colorado. And then, you know, they're going to finish the month out West playing the Dodgers and on that West coast swing. And it's a tough schedule. So you, you're not, if you're not playing well, you throw that in, it's going to feel extra high stress level. So I, there are some things that, that could help this team. Um, we talked about the starting pitching being bad. Adam Wainwright does not have to be his career best to help this rotation. He's going to have a simulated game, and that will determine his rehab assignment. It could just be one start. Um, it could be if they really like the way he looks and feels, maybe, maybe he jumps right back in, but I think he'll get a, at least one rehab start. But he's close. Um, Matthew Libertor is pitching his tail off in Memphis through three starts, and the Cardinals cannot ignore that if uh, Jake Woodford, who pitches today, continues to struggle. Um, you know, got to get Libby a look if if this rotation is searching and he's pitching that well in Memphis. He's debuted before. He's not some rookie that they've never put in the major league setting and asked him to perform. So they want him to work. So it would be disappointing for Woodford, but he hasn't pitched as well as he did down at spring training. So that's something they could do on the pitching side. Libertor has outper outperformed Dakota Hudson so far in Memphis. Um, as far as trades, you're really not going to get decent starting pitching trades probably until later in the season. So you got to kind of patchwork it. The Cardinals chose to to not upgrade their starting pitching from the outside, and they might be regretting that decision a little bit now. They're not saying that yet, but they could be there soon. Um, the other guy that could probably help them in some ways, if his hand is right and it's healthy, is Lars Newtbar. He's out on a rehab assignment. Remember, he was supposed to be a big part of this team. He was the World Baseball Classic superstar, but 
that thumb he jammed has kept him out. The question with him is going to be, Dan, can he swing it? Can he hit for power? Can he swing with authority? Because that thumb, you know how that works. Guys sometimes get get thumb pain or injuries or strains, and we don't see them hit right for a while. So curious to see if the pop is there on Lars Bat when he comes back. And when he gets back, Dan, holy moly, outfield's crowded. Yeah. Because you've got you've got you gotta play Jordan Walker. He just finished a career, you know, historic career opening hit streak. You've gotta play um you know, you've you've got to decide what you're gonna do with, with Lars and, and Tyler and, and Dylan Carlson has played well early in the season. Meanwhile, Alec Burleson is like the hottest hitting guy on the team outside of Nolan Gorman. So if you talk about where you're gonna look to make a trade for pitching if you have to, it's gotta be from the outfield, I think. Absolutely. I'm curious uh, about your visit with Bill Walton. Um, You had a great article that you wrote this past week. He's one of the more um, colorful characters in the history of basketball, certainly in sports. He still is that way. What was it like visiting with Bill Walton? It was a blast, man. It was one of those ones I I got to, you know, we talked, we, it's a, it's a cool thing about the job we do. We get to talk to cool people and neat people and there are some times where you go, oh, wow, that was a that was an interview you're going to remember. Getting a chance to just sit there and talk basketball with Bill Walton and the Grateful Dead and anything and everything else that came across his mind, it was a it was a true treat. And did you get into marijuana, by the way? Did you get into uh, <laughs> did you go deep into the woods with Bill on this or what? We, we didn't. I did. I, I was mostly I, I wanted to get his thoughts on dead and company because there's kind of a split thought among deadheads i don't know if any of our listeners are grateful dead fans but some people like you know dead and company and the fact that pop star john mayer who is my opinion one of the the best living guitar players that doesn't often get to show it enough and some of the music you hear on the radio is tours with them right as as you know some people say they don't like that you know jerry garcia is is gone and 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 they these guys shouldn't be touring with somebody else and and i get that sentiment but i've seen dead and company my dad's a grateful dead fan and um and i just wanted his thoughts i mean he's there with a backpack that's got a deadhead you know patch sewn into it right (laughs) so i wanted his i wanted his thoughts on it and he was great he's like no i love them they got like 31 tour stops scheduled this year it's their final tour and i think he said he's going to like 21 of them as of now i love Um, it I'm sure he will be in the right frame of mind for for those performances. Um, <laughs> you sure I'll about you that? This, it's it's fun, Dan, when you meet the guys who are like the legends of the game, and they're cool as hell. Yeah, you know, like that. That's really a treat, and it's one of the few times I've interviewed somebody and then called my dad and told him what I just did, and he thought that was neat. You know, he thought that was thought that was pretty cool, and it was fun to talk to him about what he did in St. Louis and. 1973 put on probably the greatest championship performance in an NCAA tournament championship that we will ever see scored 44 points. He missed one shot from the field and got the rebound, put it back. And he would have had, I think eight more points. He had four slam dunks that were disallowed because dunking was not, uh, was not permitted in 1973. So he had them wiped off the board, 14 rebounds, and it was just a remarkable performance right here at, at St. Louis at the arena. Pretty neat. I, I, I'm with you. I uh, I definitely would have gone into the uh, weeds with him. Like, okay, 
So you're at a Deadhead concert. Describe, <laughs> take yourself out of your body, Bill, and describe the person that you're watching. Okay, what happens then? <laughs> I got to tell you, you know, I, I, I just think that would have been fun to hear. But your, your article so, was fantastic. I had one question. He had to go do radio, right? And, and, and you do one-on-one, like, you know how it works. Like they got to be, they got to get their guests and their ducks in a row. So they're coordinating kind of his schedule a little bit. And they say, Hey, did you get everything you needed? And I said, I really just have one more question. And because like people kept interrupting the interview and it was great. I wasn't, it was awesome because like the people interrupting the interview were not like, you know, other reporters or, or, you know, uh, the the media liaisons it was like mike bray like the notre dame former notre dame coach yeah. coming up and be like bill like and then like just sitting there and talking with us so it was it was it was really fun but i didn't i was so i was trying to ask him one question and i prefaced it with like hey we cover a lot of, of baseball here and it was leading to my question but it was a wordy question shocking i know for me um <laughs> and 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 i started it with hey you know we cover a lot of baseball here and before i could say anything he goes and I'm like, remember the time crunch, like their time is ticking on him going on radio. He goes, the Cardinals, Lou Brock, Bob Gibson, Tim McCarver. <laughs> it just, just starts naming That's Cardinals. Great. Like, and like, it wasn't three. He named like 15. And I was like, yeah, but my question. <laughs> <laughs> That's He's like, great. goes off about the David Halberstam book. And I'm like, okay, I, like, yeah, I get it. You love the Cardinals. Like, can I ask my question now? But. He was awesome. He truly seemed happy to be there. Um, in in what a great pick for the featured speaker for the event. And that's a really cool event that for folks who are wondering why was Bill Walton in town, the U.S. basketball college basketball writers um, group has its annual awards at the Missouri Athletic Club in downtown St. Louis. So you know they've annually got the best college basketball players, men's and women's, and coaches coming through there to accept their awards and kind of one of the one of the one of the sneaky cool things that happens in St. Louis every year that people should probably know more about. You know, the blue season started with a lot of promise and the talk was, well, you signed Cairo, you you signed Thomas and the window stays open. Window got closed and uh it's time to rebuild and they're they're starting that obviously in this season. I think you have to look at it as a disappointing year. I don't know how you view it, but it's it's been disappointing for me. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you're not in the playoffs around here, it's disappointing. Um, I do think that, you know, Doug Armstrong and his group handled the disappointment the right way. They didn't try to ignore the obvious. They tried to say, hey, this year is crumbling from beneath us. We've got to try to make the most of it. And how do we do that? And they banked up draft picks. They 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 traded away guys who they didn't think they were going to have a good shot at getting back or who they can go try to get back if they become free agents and bang some draft capital for them. And they kind of cleared the lanes for some of these young guys who are going to need to be a part of a refresh or a rebuild to play. And they got some encouraging results there with some of those players. They've got, I think, uh, a chance to be an interesting team next season. I think they were an interesting team for parts of this second half. Um, they can score how can they defend? How can they become better on special teams? These are going to be the questions they've got to be considering on the coaching, but also the the player side. The players are the most important part of that. Um, can they be more than a potentially interesting team next year? Can they be a team that could be in the playoffs? I think that's going to be what the offseason is about for Doug Armstrong and his group. How can they expedite the amount of time 
between, you know, realizing that they had to sell it off and, and, and being back. And they treated the, the second half of this season as like, okay, press fast forward. And this doesn't need to be a five year journey. And it can't be, it's, it's pivotal for the blues and they have, to, they have real patience from the fans and real support. And I think most fans kind of get what's going on here, but they don't want it to last forever. And I think that it's critical that they continue to say, Hey, we're ahead of schedule in turning the page on this thing. Fuse.com. We're coming to you from the Lou Fuse automotive studios and scoops with Danny Mac triad bank proud supporter of scoops with danny mack lordo's diamonds your family's jeweler for life and don't forget about the ascension charity classic and get those tickets now at ascensioncharityclassic.com i I am curious though i I haven't seen this ben and maybe you know but the wiggle room that they have in terms of a payroll what what is it like going into free agency for the blues well the cap is not great um and And remember the guys they the guys they let go of the guys they traded away, they were, they were coming off of the books anyway. So I think there was some confusion from some fans is like, well, they traded Tarasenko and O'Reilly. So therefore they have a bunch of money to spend. No, those guys were, those contracts were expiring. Anyway, I do think that there's a chance that Doug Armstrong will look to make some deals that, that alleviate some cap room um, this off season. Um, You know, one guy to watch you know that you know there are certain you know the scandellas of the world. They're they're going to be the you know, Krug and those guys have been talked about potential trade chips for the Blues for a long time. That's not it wouldn't be shocking either one. I worry or not worry. I wonder about Colton Pareko. There was talk at the trade deadline about teams having interest in him. Um, he would take a big chunk of salary cap away to give the Blues some more flexibility. But also he plays a ton of minutes and. You know, we can talk a lot about some of the things that everybody wished Colton did more of or did better, but he does play a ton, and he's a pretty important part of this defense for that reason. Um, you take him out of the mix, and it's a it's a pretty big hole in terms of who's going to fill it. So that, but that's one name that because there had been some smoke around it earlier, you wonder could that uh, could that could that heat up this offseason because he's got you know he's got some serious money owed to him, and if they're looking to do some different dynamic things, then freeing up some cap space will probably be a must. So it's a busy weekend in sports. The post-dispatch will be all over the place. How about Ben Fredrickson? What are you doing as we wrap it up? Well, this is my, he shows you how locked in I am right now. I I had it all planned out to do a Saturday column where I went from the Cardinals game. I was going to try to do the Cardinals, the Battlehawks and City SC all in one day. And I'm bragging about it. Listen to this. I'm bragging about it in the Bush Stadium, you know, uh, press box. And finally, someone looks at me and goes, "Hey, idiot! The Battlehawks play on Sunday." Yeah, <laughs> so. I was going to tell you that, but whatever. So I actually I'll be, knew that. I'll be, I'll be at the ballpark. I'll be. I'm going to try to get to them all this weekend. I have not been to a Battlehawks home game because I was at I was at spring training for most of them, and then I, I had family in town for Easter, so I do need to get down to the dome and see it in person and check it out and I'll be at uh, city on Saturday and in in the the blues pretty much uh, every the cardinals every day not the blues although they have their end of season press conference I believe on Saturday so like I said it's going to be a whirlwind this weekend no doubt about it hey great to be back with you on these Fridays we'll do this every Friday Ben Fred Fridays on scoops with Danny Mac thanks buddy and uh, we'll catch you up you bet man have a great weekend